Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Broadway Buddies podcast. Um, it's me, Kaylin, back with another episode. Today, I'm joined by Broadway guest Jonalyn Saxer. Hi, Jonalyn. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We got a little bit more hot weather here in California, which I am loving. Oh, love that. That's amazing. I, w- <laughs> I wish that there was nice yeah. weather where I am, but there. <laughs> it's really cold. <laughs> but... <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about your life journey and your journey through theater? Yeah, so I grew up in Los Angeles, California. Um, My entire family does theater. Um, So I grew up backstage at shows and doing shows since I was like three, four, five, um, always kind of doing theater throughout my life. You know, we pull out books at Christmas parties and sing from musicals and stuff. So I've always been doing theater and I started dancing when I was three as well. Um, And I just went to a normal public high school and did shows there and did competition dance with my dance studio. And then I went to Syracuse University where I got my BFA in musical theater. Um, And from there, uh, I moved to New York uh, during second semester of senior year with Syracuse's Tepper semester and had a great time, started living in New York. And soon after graduating, uh, luck had it. And I was, I booked my first Broadway job. That's amazing. (laughs) So how did getting your BFA impact your Broadway career? Oh, I think it's impacted it unbelievably. I was always a fairly good dancer. Um, I was not great at ballet. I'm still not great at ballet. But (laughs) I still consider myself a dancer. Um, And I went to Syracuse and all of my acting classes were with acting majors and all of my singing classes are with people who couldn't dance or, you know, hadn't Mm -hmm. trained in dance and who were singers, like really amazing singers. And so it really forced me to be as good of an actor as just somebody who just acts. I, I was, they never let me get away with being mediocre at anything just because I could also dance, which I think Mm -hmm. can happen a lot of times. Oh, I dance, so I don't need to be as good of a singer. Um, But Syracuse really trained me to be an all-around performer, an actor, and a singer, and and they pushed me with my dancing as well. Um, So I attribute a lot to my my training at Syracuse also because uh, I don't think I would be as good of an understudy if I hadn't had that training. And I also think the work ethic, I, I'd always had a good work ethic. I, you know, straight A student, all that kind of stuff. But I was really ready when I did book my first Broadway show to go into that and know what I was doing and know what was happening and feel comfortable and not totally lost to me. Like, what do you mean? What is that? I don't know what this is. I mean, I still didn't know what to put on my 401k sheet. So I had to call my dad to figure <laughs> that out. But everything else, I was like, okay, okay, I can handle this. I got this. I got this. Um, and I really had the training to back that up. And so I'm thankful for that. I mean, if it weren't for Syracuse's training, I wouldn't be able to do the understudying I did in Mean Girls. And I wouldn't have been able to play Karen on tour. Mm-hmm. So I know I personally want to get my BFA and I've been really looking into Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a super strong dancer, but would you still recommend the program? Yes, I love Syracuse's program. Um, I'm a big, I'm an avid alum. Um, mm-hmm. I like to help out with their auditions in the city and I do prospective student events and such out- alumni outreach and all that kind of stuff. I really like Syracuse's program. It's actually ever growing and ever changing. 
I may be wrong, but I believe they do have a track now that is like an actor singer track where you take more acting classes and less dance classes. I will say though, Syracuse is good in the way that it does make you take dance classes and it makes you take all sorts of acting classes because they want you to just be prepared when you enter the world. They don't like mm -hmm. to send out unprepared people. Um, I, for Syracuse's auditions, I think a lot of people get really scared because they do make you dance. And um, with all college auditions, what I say is yes, they want to see you dance, not because they think you have to be a good dancer to succeed in this industry, but they are an educational institution and dances on the curriculum. And they don't wanna accept people that they don't think are going to be able to pass the dance classes. They want to set you up for success within their program. Mm. So it's not even just pure talent that they're looking at, but also can you pick it up? If we put you in ballet one, will you finish out the year being able to complete your final and do the dance and be able to move mm. to ballet two the next year? Oh, so they're basically looking to see if you have the potential. Yes, to yes. Follow and that's not just Syracuse. That is every program. Every program is just looking for potential. And yes, it helps to have a certain level of talent and skill already because then there's, you know, they're like, okay, we can really grow from this. We can really take them farther with this. And we don't have to start so much with the basics. But I knew nothing about acting really when I went to Syracuse. I did have to start from the basics with my acting Um education there and other people did with their dance and Syracuse actually has quite a few alum uh, who came into the school not having taken any dance classes and who have since been able to graduate and book jobs as dancers. Oh my gosh that's yeah. insane. Yeah but they have good technique and good training and they make you pass all the courses. <laughs> well I love that honestly like that has been in my top three schools that I'm looking at. And this just like convinces me more that I really, really, really want to audition there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's great. And and I know this year they've been bringing in lots of guest artists and they have uh, quite a few new professors, which just brings a lot of life into the department um, and a lot of currentness. I don't know if yeah. that's the right word into the department. Now, were the professors that you had, were they very positive or were they like, were any of them like belittling, if that makes yeah. sense? Yes. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, yes. I think some of those professors are gone now. Oh, um, but that was kind that's like very old school acting. Like I have to, you have to cry in my class so that you can know what crying is. You know, it's mm -hmm. that old school acting thing that we hear about. And I do think there is always going to be a level of that in BFA programs and in training programs, um, because these programs are like the only time in your life anybody's ever going to look at you and be like, you're not good at this, you need to get better at this, or this isn't your strong point, you need to work on this, or that wasn't very good. Because when you get out into the real world, people don't want to be mean. And so they're like, oh, yeah, you're just like not the type we're looking for. Or, oh, that, that sounded fine. Yeah, just go with that. That sounds fine. Because they don't want to put the work mm -hmm. in and they don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, I've had Syracuse students come up to me after taking dance classes in New York. And they're like, I'm going to all these dance classes. I'm getting good feedback, but I'm not booking any jobs or any summer stock. I'm not getting callbacks. And I was like, 
they're not going to tell you in those dance classes at BDC the majority of the time. Sometimes they might if you really develop a relationship with a teacher. But the majority of the time, they're just going to be like, you paid your time for class, you're in class to take class, and they'll give you a correction. And if it doesn't land the first time, then they're probably not going to try again. Oh, yeah. Um, but in school, they have you for four years and they want you to get past that stuff. And they have different methods. Do I agree with all those methods? No. Did some of those methods work for me? Yes. Did some of those methods not work for me? Yes. Did some of the methods that didn't work for me work for other people? Yes. Um, but I do think uh, a lot of the teachers that I especially loved at Syracuse were harsh but in a way of like okay this is not working for you this is how we're gonna make you better at that oh my gosh like that that's really nice to know because like there are so many directors that'll just be like you did this wrong but won't tell you how to fix it and going into a program knowing that there are people that care and will put the time in to show you what you need to fix and how to do it i feel like that's really important yeah, and I think everyone has a different experience and somebody who is also a Syracuse grad will say that never happened. No teachers were like that. They were all horrible, you know, but there are those people at every program. Oh, yeah. um, and something that I talk about with my friends a lot is you get out what you put in. So if you hear a teacher say like, oh, that note didn't sound good. And you're like, they just don't like the way my voice sounds. Then you're not going to listen to what they're saying that's trying to help you. And we all fall into those categories. Mm -hmm. I think even I do that still like, well, you just don't know my style. It's like, no, Jonathan, you sounded bad. You need to sound better, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you have to be willing to accept what you need to grow at to then accept the teaching that's going to help you grow at that. Yeah. That's really, that's really great to know. So thank you for that. Of course. Um, also, could you tell us um, your Broadway debut story time? Yes. So my Broadway debut is actually a really, really crazy story. So the first part of the story is how I got the job, which is crazy because I showcased with Syracuse and I did a little like, I want to be a rockette, like, I want to be a rockette, kick, I want to be a rockette, double pirouette, you know, threw in some dance moves mm -hmm. in there to be like, I dance. And I got called in for a show that was happening at the Met Opera that Susan Stroman was choreographing. And I was like, and the story with <laughs> this is I got this email about this audition uh, the day before the audition on Thursday. That thir while we were driving in the car back to Syracuse, so that I could walk at the actual whole graduation because <laughs> we have the weekend of graduation festivities. Mm -hmm. And I, I like saw the thing and I just looked at my parents two and a half hours into this road trip and was like, I have to go back. I was like, I have to go back. We ended up going all the way to Syracuse because I had two roommates with me, dropped them off. My mom and I then that same day drove mm -hmm. back to New York. And then the next day auditioned as I was driving then back to Syracuse again, <laughs> I got the call that I had booked that job as a swing. So I graduate and then the next week I get uh, an email from the same casting director who had called me in for that saying, hey, because you've already accepted this other job, like we normally don't do this, but Stro would really like to see you for this immediate replacement in Bullets Over Broadway. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll be there, of course. <laughs> so I go in for that and uh, I think I get the call that night that I had booked uh, or maybe the next day that I had booked Bullets Over Broadway as a replacement swing. And I started rehearsals like later that week. And that was that, which was crazy. And my story is I, at my audition, on my special skills, on my resume, I have a great toddlers and tiaras impression. 
and it's on my resume. And so at the Mary Widow audition, Stro was like, what is this toddlers and tiaras thing? And I was like, I can do it for you because she doesn't know who I am and she's never seen my face before. So she's like, who is this girl? Okay. <laughs> and so I do that. And then at my Bullets audition, you know, a week later, she like looks at our associate choreographer and music director. She goes, okay, I know I've seen it, but they haven't seen it. Will you do your walk? And so I did it again. <laughs> so I always joke that my Thomas and Tiara's impression is how I booked my Broadway debut. Um, and then the actual day of my debut, I um, I had my sister was getting married, and they wouldn't give me the day off because another girl already had the day off. And you know you can't have both because what if something happens in the middle of the day yeah. you, you know so they only try to have one person be out of the building at a time we didn't have any vacation swings or anything like that and so they had I ended up being able to take the day before off to go to the rehearsal dinner and I came back Saturday morning for the two show day to sit backstage at my dressing room because I was not scheduled to be on for the girl who was out <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like sitting at the, my dressing room, like crying to myself silently because I hadn't told like anybody but one or two people why I was gone the day before or that my sister was getting yeah. married that day. And everybody found out and they were like, oh my God, I can't believe they made you come back. This is horrible. You should have just called out. And I was like, I don't want to break rules. I was just like 22. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, my sister's getting married. It's fine. I'm going to Skype into the ceremony, you know? <laughs> so between shows, um, my one of the girls, Amanda Klutz, came up to me and she was like, so I know you're planning on Skyping into the wedding, but like, I'm not feeling well. And if you want to watch the wedding live, like I will stay in the show. But if you would like to make your Broadway debut while your sister gets married, I will call out. But this decision is up to you. And I was like, yeah, I think that'd be great if I could make my Broadway debut. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. And so I ended up making my Broadway debut while my sister got married. My, I had like a picture of me in costume that my dad like held up during the toast. And my sister loves theater. You know, their tables were like show themed. Yeah. You know, they, we love theater. Um, <laughs> so they were very excited. Um, and I was just like a sobbing mess like the whole time. Granted, I was a swing. I was going on for not one of my primary tracks. You know, <laughs> it was really crazy. Um, but I will always say uh, one of our other cast members, Clyde Alves, said this thing to me that I try to pass on to everyone. And before the show started, he was like, you're going to forget everything. He's like, you're going to black out. There's no hope. Don't try to remember. You're not going to remember any of this. He says, but take a second during bows and look out at that audience and remember that moment. Like if you can just be present for that moment and remember that moment. And I did, and it's amazing. And, and I try to share that because like he then was like holding up my hand in the back row as you we were bowing and every principal who bowed applauded me as they entered because it was my Broadway debut because I was the only one in the company mm -hmm. debuting. And I, it, it was truly something special, partly because of the company that I was in. Oh my gosh. That's, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's like so insane. But that's also such a story. I know. It like, took me like a solid two years to be able to tell it without crying. <laughs> I like, if that happened to me, I would be sobbing every time. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so what is it like also being a swing and an understudy for such big shows? 
It's crazy. Um, swinging is at the same time, the most rewarding and the most unrewarding job ever. Um, when you do go on, you're saving the show. It's your show. You get to debut this thing. Um, but also for honeymoon in Vegas, it was really hard because we're sitting back at the back of the audience while opening night is happening and, you know, press photos come out and we're not in them and the B-roll comes out and we're not in it. And, uh, in honeymoon in Vegas, we weren't even included on the cast album. Really? Because none of that is necessary. They luckily they um, fought our choreographer fought for us, and we were included in the Thanksgiving Day Parade performance. But for Mean Girls, our swings were not included in the Thanksgiving Day Parade performance, um, and stuff like that just happens. And it's one of the really really hard parts. Um, yet you're saving the show every night. The thing I love about swinging is I, you know, I'm very extra <laughs> yeah. and, um, I'm very extra and <laughs> I want to play all the parts. I want to be on stage all the time. I want to be in front. I want to sing all the solos. I want to say all the lines, you know, like mm-hmm. I am that person who's like, I'll do this. I'll stand there. Like I want to be on the stage as much as possible. Like I love it. <laughs> I don't want to be sitting backstage on my dressing room. I want to do the thing. And so the fun thing about being a swing, and this is something that really hit me when I was in Cats, was you get to do all of the features. You know, I could, uh, some nights I was singing McCavity, some nights I was doing Bombalurina, or I was doing um, Gumby Cat, you know, mm-hmm. Jenny Annie Dots. And so just because, because if I had just been Bombalurina, I would have never gotten to tap like I did when I was Jenny Annie Dots, or I never would have gotten to have the fun little feature of Cassandra or do the partnering that Tantamile does. You know, but because I was a swing, I got to do all of it. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of the same thing with Mean Girls. Like, I got to sing Sexy. I also got to sing, you know, World Burn. And I sang It Roars. And I got to try all that stuff and do all of it, which Mm -hmm. just is so satisfying to me. Um, It is very stressful. I will say swinging is like having at any moment having a pop quiz that actually determines your final grade. Mm. No, so you're waking up every morning and it's like, is this the day of my pop quiz final? <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. you have to do all that preparation. You might not go on for two months. You might go on tomorrow. But when you yeah. do go on, you have to show up and no one is responsible for you showing up than you. Right? They don't check. Like we have understudy rehearsal, but they don't like check in with you being like, hey, have you gone over this choreography recently? Like, have you done the other side? Like no one's checking in with you. No one's like you're not reporting to anybody. And so it's up to you to know what you need to do to be prepared to nail it when you are called upon. Because if you go on stage and you don't nail it, they're probably not going to call you to go on stage again for that part or they're going to try their hardest not to. Yeah, so you really have to show up and, you know, some, you know, then they'll they'll give you more time to go over stuff or fix stuff. But, you know, you're missing those opportunities if you didn't show up when they asked you to show up. So it's, um, you know, before cats, <laughs> when I was doing <laughs> in Vegas, people are like people would ask me like, oh, would you swing again after this? And I was like, only if the company paid for my therapy. <laughs> like. <laughs> But Honeymoon in Vegas was hard. I went on six times in five months. And that was it. So people are like, I saw Honeymoon in Vegas. And I'm like, 
probably didn't see me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was really hard. And like, none of those were really planned. Only my mom was able to see that show of my whole family. Cause she flew out. Cause I knew I was going on in three days and she flew out to New York to see it. Um, but with cats, I was on all the time. I got to, I, we were rehearsed a ton. Um, and the cast was really supportive of swings because there mm-hmm. were swings on all the time. And half of the, um, you know, half of the people on stage also understudied other features, you know, the girl who plays Electra also understudied Jenny Annie Dots and Rumple Teaser. And so they understood, you know, there was so much understanding yeah. and just so much camaraderie. I really, really appreciated that. You know, if you did mess up a little bit, people would be like, that's okay. Like, just don't do it again. You know? Yeah. Um, but it is, it is definitely mentally very, very yeah. difficult. Well, how do you keep your brain in order with like all the different tracks all the time? Yeah, um, I'm a big note taker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I um, I also have a very strange brain for details. Like I remember a lot of details and people will be like, oh, did we do our left hand? And I'm like, yes, we do our left hand. Because remember in rehearsal, this person asked if it was left or right. And they said left because you then end up grabbing the cup with your right hand. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like that sign of stuff just sticks with me. So that's very helpful. Um, but I write a lot of notes. So like for Cats and Honeymoon in Vegas um, and and bullets a little bit, not so much. I learn the track. I learn the choreography. I then write down on lined paper. I write out the entire thing, every step, everything. And it's messy and it's scribbly, but it's just so, you know, I'm saying like, okay, I step with my left foot and do the pirouette. What comes next? Oh, the chasse transition. You know, nothing's spelled right, but it makes me really think through everything. I then go through and make either notebooks, uh, small notebooks or note cards with the important things to remember, right? Because it could be two months between going on for that track and you might've gone on for it for a week straight and then not go on for it again in two months. So things like, what count do I enter on? Oh, which harmony do I sing on this? Oh, you know, um, what, what foot do I start on? What's my number? You know, which set piece do I move? That kind of stuff I write in my notes and I highlight some of the really, where do I go for my quick change? Mm -hmm. Who is my quick change with? Where am I in the room? You know, I try to, you know, what's the, like, and that in those notes, I put a lot of like safety things, like you have to exit immediately or else you're going to get hit by this wall, you know, or this person is entering blind dancing and you are responsible for getting out of their way. You know, that kind of stuff I write down there um, in those notes. And a lot of the time, once I've written all that out, I don't even need to look at them because I've thought it through so thoroughly. Mm -hmm. Um, For cats, I definitely... I also tried when I was off stage, I watched the show once a week and I try to run through the show like down in the lobby or backstage, like mark through the dancing of one single track, uh, do the show all the way through once a week. Right. And mm-hmm. that kind of helps with having eight shows of you maybe not being on, gives you something to do for two of those shows and it keeps it fresh in your brain. I also, you know, if I find out I'm going on, I put down my phone, I put down my book, I turn off the TV and sometimes I just like sit there and I like close my eyes and I think it through. Swinging, I also say is like when you play like Mario Kart or or any driving game, you know, driving video games, there's always two views. You can either have mm-hmm. the view that we all use, which is seeing the car from above or that weird view that's an option that you accidentally toggle into sometimes where you're in the driver's seat. 
You know, have you ever done that where you're like, oh, yeah. I'm seeing the car. Why am I in the car? Right? Everything's bigger. I don't know where the turn's coming. Yeah. You know? That's what swinging is like. You watch the show and you're like, okay, I see where this, I see this traffic pattern. And then you all of a sudden you're in the car and you're like, everyone's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and so I will close my eyes and try to imagine being on the stage and really just like image it in my brain of like, okay, so if I'm going past Jeremy on his left side, he's in orange and then the tire will be here. I step onto it, that kind of stuff. And I put myself into the car. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a really fun adventure. It is. It is. If you, I had to, I had to really accept getting things wrong mm-hmm. and messing up. I, I'm much better at messing up now because I just had to get used to it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Noted. I'm like taking notes in my head. Like as you go, I'm like, okay. Yeah. So messing up is okay. Yeah. This is okay. Just it's a crazy mess world. Just don't the same place twice. <laughs> Learn you know, I used to do, some people said I was crazy for doing this, but when I was a swing, a lot of the times, and even as an understudy, I will go after the show and I will write down everything I messed up. And people are like, how do you do that? And it's like, so that next time when I go on for this track again, a month from now, I can be like, oh my God, I messed something up in this number. What was that? Oh, good thing I wrote it down. So I won't mess it up again. <laughs> oh, wait, hold it. Like that is, that's genius right there. <laughs> because like thinking about it wait like write down instead of being upset and just write down what you messed up then you'll never mess it up again you'll never mess it up again I, I I think a lot of that comes from our associate choreographer James Gray for bullets he didn't take notes on the notepad he took notes on note cards and he would write on the note card it would have the number you know the place what track you were in and he would write down the note and he'd be like you're and he's british and he'd be like your pirouette was a little messy in the gangster ballet and he'd hand you the note card you were on 10 and you're supposed to be on 12 and you're a little upstage of the wing i want you part of the downstage wing and he'd hand you the card so then you just had a car you had a deck of all your notes so that you could just go through it and be like, okay. And then like, okay, I got this. I don't need that card anymore. I've done it right twice now. Okay, I'm good. And you have those things that you messed up there for you. <laughs> wow. Like, that's just, that's so good. That, <laughs> that right there, it's so good. I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, why have I never thought about that before? Well, because it, most people are like, you messed it up. It's okay. Let it go. Let it go. Don't dwell on your mess up. Because then you're like, oh, my God. I'm now, oh, my God. I'm at five things. Now I messed up so much. But for me, it just worked. Right. Yeah. Whatever works. <laughs> also, I wanted to ask you, um, what's it like being a part of original Broadway productions? It's unreal. It is mm-hmm. really crazy. Um, it's very stressful. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's very stressful. I, it's really magical to be a part of something's creation, see why that thing happens, to see how it happened, to see how those decisions were made, to feel the magic in the room the first time that song is sung ever, or the first time that number is put together ever in any form. It's truly magical. Um, but it is very stressful because there is lots of money involved and lots of money at stake. 
And so then the choreographer wants to get this number right, but something's not happening. And like you happened to hurt your hamstring yesterday. And so now you're worried that they're going to add a kick in, but you're not going to be able to do the kick fully. And that maybe that'll change the choreography, but they want the kick and they're going to think it's not going to look good, but they have to get act one done because we have producers coming in to see act one at the end of the week. And we have that set up. And if we don't do that, we're going to get behind or we won't be ready for tech and it won't be ready for previews. And then if we're not ready in previews, we have to freeze it at some point because reviewers are coming. If we don't get good reviews, then we're not going to make our money back. We're not going to run. We're going to have a short, you know, it's very <laughs> stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. And um, it's also hard because there's, we're all professionals and there is a thing of like, okay, I'm in the back of this number. It's just because I'm tall or because I'm not doing that because I enter late or because it's this thing. But there's also like, you know, I say this, I said this line or I have this little feature and then we come back the next day and it's been cut or somebody else is saying it and you're like what did i do you know sometimes the jokes get cut because they're bad jokes and sometimes the jokes get cut because the person can't nail the joke and um it gets personal in a way and that's really difficult to deal with as an actor to just want to do your best but there's no like oh you'll get it soon it's like okay you're not getting it so we're cutting it mm -hmm. you know and i've seen that happen with dance pieces of okay well this lift isn't happening you're not ending on the right count so we're just going to change the lift and it's it's very hard to say like no i can get it but like if you can't then you're not getting it then then you need to change the lift um and, and that kind of stuff is hard or figuring it out and then being like oh i'm I, oh i got hurt here and so we changed this transition because i got hurt that one time but i'm gonna make my change the next time and all that kind of stuff um you have to be like performance ready the first time you learn something and it, it's very stressful and it's very grueling and it's not about you at all it's about the show they 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 do care about you but they also don't especially at ensemble members or swings mm -hmm. um your swings costumes if they have costumes by opening night that is a really on top of it production but many swings don't have costumes for the first two months of a show um, oh gosh. and you're like, oh gosh, this person's feeling sick and I haven't ever tried on this costume before ever, but they're like, well, we're building a new costume to be in tomorrow night. So I can't worry about your costume, you know? And it's those kinds of things. It's stressful and it's hard. Now is opening night super fun and amazing. Yes. Is knowing that as something I created will exist on forever. Absolutely unbelievable. Yes. Are the cast albums super fun to record and have? Yes. But it's also very stressful. So um, you just, it's like swinging. You just have to be mentally prepared. Mm -hmm. And then going in, like basing off of that, how was Mean Girls Broadway different than the tour? And what were like the similarities and differences or like? Um, well, what was really nice for me going into rehearsals for the tour is I knew they liked me. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I had done the track a bunch. And if they didn't like what I was doing, I wouldn't have gotten the job. And so I kind of walked into rehearsal knowing all of the lines, knowing my song, knowing having been in voice lessons and done it and done it over and over again, done it sick, done it, you know, and um, they did make a lot of changes for the tour. But something for me was a lot of those changes were things they had cut from our out of town tryout that they added back in. 
some of the biggest changes. And so that was really cool to see and be like, oh my gosh, I missed that. Oh, I'm so glad this is back. And some of the things that got cut that I didn't even do, like for the ensemble, I was like, oh my gosh, we thought they were going to cut that the night after they did it for the first time. I can't believe it took till the tour to cut it, you know? <laughs> um, but the thing with the tour and, and any production that's different from an out of town or uh, a lab, an out of town or a Broadway show is that they already know what's happening. Mm-hmm. They figured it out. It says, well, how am I going to get from, you know, stage right wing one to stage left wing three, also with a costume change holding four props? It's like, well, actually, we figured this out during tech. And that's the stressful part about creating. It's like, okay, I got to figure this out, you know. Okay, so this person hands me this prop. I take off my jacket while running. I actually underdress the dress. And so then I slip off the shoes, slip them on, and I enter the stage. Somebody's already figured that out for you, and you just get told that. And they're like, okay, you do this, this, this. And you're like, great. So none of that stress is there. You have to figure it out? Yes. The one thing about tour that that for me, for the Mean Girls tour wasn't hard because I knew how everything happened, was people being like, oh, I can't do it that fast. And they would kind of be like, well, people can, and we do. And so that's what it's going to be. Like, you can't do it that fast, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, like, no option to be like, oh, I don't think that's going to work. They're like, no, it is. It works. <laughs> and so you can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how have you been keeping the arts alive in your personal life during this time with the pandemic and everything? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been hard. Um, I definitely turned and focused a lot on physical health. I work out every day now. Um, I'm really sore from my workout yesterday. Uh, But (laughs) kind of just like, I think as dancers and performers, we go through our life saying, you know, we work at night. And so our days are off, but also I can't eat a burrito right before showtime. I can't do a super hard workout if I'm going to not be able to do the dance numbers at night. And so having that freedom with those kinds of things to be like, oh, I can do this workout. I can do this thing. And I don't have to worry about being too tired tonight um, is really nice. Uh, I also have been teaching a lot. Um, I teach Mean Girls master classes. I teach acting the song and I do Q&As a lot. I love Q&As um, and I book through Artists and Beyond and Broadway Plus. Um, you can find my info there. I think I have a big workshop coming up with Artists and Beyond and a big Q&A coming up with Broadway Plus, which is really exciting. Um, and I also, I think what's really kept me going the most is my private tap lessons. I have a handful of private tap students that I work with virtually one-on-one. I'm in my garage and they're in their garage <laughs> or their room or something. And uh, we do 40, I do 45 minute private tap lessons. And what's really been fun is it forces me, you know, I teach a Mean Girls dance and I just teach the dance that I've been doing for the past three years, you know, and I, and I teach it. But with tap, I and tap privates, it's really based on the student, what they're doing and what they're not doing, what they need to do, what they want to do. I come up with little combos for everyone. And it's also fun because I always spend like the first three or four minutes just chatting. And it's been really interesting and nice to kind of have a view into the world of a lot of my students are in high school right now and in all different parts of the country and what what's that like for them and how has it been and how are they dealing with covid um so yeah so it's it's been a lot of fun i also 
um, sing when I can, you know, if there's, we, I've done a couple of those like drive-in cabarets around my area, Aww. especially to support the community theaters that I grew up performing in, you know, it's my chance now to like help them and give back and come back as like Broadway's Jonalyn Saxer, you know, who you saw when she was 16 <laughs> in the show, you know, as like you saw her when she was 10 in this show and, and I can help support them in that way, uh, after all the support they've given me. Oh, that's precious. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week. Um, Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks.